Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hi guys, welcome back to Better, the brand designer podcast. We are still on a break. This is our second week out of four where we are doing reruns of some of our most listened to episodes and some really, really juicy and good topics. So today's episode is a rerun of Creative Ways to Get Clients. And this one is one that I loved to hear from Jen and Giselle so much because I know we have all been there. It's so hard to get clients. Sometimes you're like racking your brain trying to figure out, okay, what? how can I do things that are not traditional? Not just like cold pitching, not just like reaching out to people. Or I know like for me, I get a lot of my clients by word of mouth. And I'm always like, how do I get people outside of this? So especially if you are a new designer that doesn't have that initial client to even get the referrals from, this episode is for you because Jen and Giselle came up with some really great and fun ideas that are not just your general client cold pitches and networking. They're like super creative ideas. There's a whole list. And I would say like the big takeaway for me listening to this episode was to just really get creative, try things out, try new things, get yourself out of this normal cadence that you have and do things that might fail. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Like It's just kind of interesting to step out of the box and be creative with how you get new clients. Because you never know. Like Maybe the next person that you reach out to is going to be your highest paying client and you just haven't talked to them yet. Jen, did you have any thoughts on this episode from when you recorded it initially versus now? Yeah. I mean, this is such a great episode. I feel like it's a classic. I've been actually thinking that we need to do a reboot, like revisit this topic with just some new ideas because I think that you can get caught, at least I used to get caught in the cycle of waiting for a client to come my way rather than feeling empowered to go out and connect with people who really need your work. I think one of the biggest things to keep in mind when you are trying some of these techniques, I guess, or, you know, paths is that like, what's the worst that could happen is that no one responds, you know? So might, might as well, it's worth a try. If you don't ask for what you want, then oftentimes it's not going to come your way. So, um, right. just kind of flipping the script and I don't know, just putting some real tools, um, in y'all's toolboxes to go out and connect with people at the very least, potentially convert some people, but just kind of make some new connections and just some creative things to offer, um, like freebies and giveaways and stuff like that. So hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. And I know, I know even for right now, Jen and I have been exploring email marketing and sometimes it's really easy to get stuck into like just social media and just waiting for things to come through on Instagram or Pinterest. And like, there's so many other ways to connect with people and be intentional about those conversations, whether it is like Giselle had mentioned networking events and like going in person, like that's a huge way to build camaraderie. So yeah, enjoy this episode, you guys. And if you have more ideas on creative ways to get clients, let's chat about it in the Facebook group. 
Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. We're super excited to be hanging out with you guys and chatting away about design. Before we get started, let's do our intro question. So Giselle, what is your biggest pet peeve in the design world, but also in real life? Let's hear it. (laughs) Biggest pet peeve? Okay. I think I think I know what it is. And I don't want to call anybody out. It's just something that personally is something that I value. And when I see other people doing the opposite, I'm like, ugh, it irks me. Oh my gosh, not <laughs> scared. I hope I don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not that bad, really. It's okay. just, you know, it's a pet peeve. It's like it's no big deal. But mm-hmm. it's uh when people ask for something before they look for it themselves. Mm. So in a recent episode, we talked about people asking about, you know, what font is this if they hadn't looked it up yet? Yeah. And the kind of like went through all their resources and then finally had to ask somebody. That's a pet peeve of mine because I'm also like really value resourcefulness. So if I can't figure something out, then that's when I finally ask somebody for help. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what so about good. yours? Okay. So I, I would say my biggest pet peeve in design is when people use tracking, kerning, and letting incorrectly. We, I know we just talked about this in the type, but that is something that when I look at new designers' work or when I look at my old work, my old work from years ago. Oh, yeah. And I see... I Not yours, just but see, mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can just see... I'm like, like, oh, yeah, Jen's old work. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. But like, I, I honestly can see a big difference. And, and I can tell you know, when I'm looking at someone's work, if I'm trying to hire someone, then I can... I can just see the way that someone handles their type, the spacing between their letters, spacing between their lines, or if they've used way too wide of tracking with a lowercase font, or, you know, if there's like their tracking is way too tight, I'm like, girl, let those letters breathe. You know, like that's something that it's just a little pet peeve of mine um, in design. I guess my real life pet peeve would be like crumbs on the counter. That's like a really random one. But when and there's crumbs on the counter and I like put some like my hand or and then like there's crumbs on my hand. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I don't like that either. Yeah, those are two really good ones. And Thanks. with that, I'm going to add another one. And it's when people uh, design things with really low contrast. Ooh, where it's like really yes. hard to read something. Like maybe it's the color choices or or just like the, the amount of contrast is just very lacking. Yes. Um, in typography and in color. So those things like irk me too. Red I'm and like, purple, ah, on, like layered. Yeah. Or, you know, when people use <laughs> it hurts colors eyes. that are like, that like burn your eyes, literally, you know, sometimes you see it with the really bright greens and reds where you're like, oh, those don't layer very well. Like, oh, step away, step away, take a walk, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so today's episode, we are pumped about recording this because this is the number one question that we get asked from new people in our Facebook group or in the inbox questions. Getting clients is something that is on everyone's mind. You're running a business. Of course, it should be the first thing on your mind. You are trying to make money at the end of the day. As much as we talk about all the fun stuff, you need to have paying clients who are willing to, you know, shell out the big bucks if you're in that, that level to be able to turn a profit, to be able to make your endeavor into the freelance world worth it, especially if you've left a a full-time job or you might be getting back into the workforce after having kids or something, you know, clients are super important. (laughs) Of course, it's like literally understatement of the century. And we have discussed varying ways to get clients just kind of across the board in previous episodes, but we wanted to do an episode on creative ways to either get clients or to optimize your business for, I guess, converting 
those inquiries into booking clients. So with that being said, I want to remind everyone listening that these are all ideas that are going to probably increase your odds of booking clients, but nothing is guaranteed to work. The only thing that is going to be, you know, like there really are no guarantees, but the biggest guarantee of of your success in your industry is your skill and the way that you present yourself to the world, your personal branding. So more important than any of these things is having a very, very strong skills as a designer. And those things are only cultivated through practice. So I know that's a boring answer, but I just wanted to get that out of the way first. So we're not saying like, hey, do all these things and you'll get like clients flocking to you. Like you still need to have like a very strong style and very a lot of confidence in yourself as a designer in order to get those higher paying clients. Yeah, exactly. So. So with that said, let's pretend that you carry yourself well, you're confident in what you're selling, and you just got to figure out other ways to get clients besides the usual ones that everyone always repeats and repeats and repeats and you're tired of hearing it. So there are creative ways to get clients. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the first thing that I've actually seen this done, um, and I've seen newer designers doing this, this is not going to work for everyone and you need to be smart about it, but you can do a giveaway. So I know a lot of people say, oh, I get referrals. That's how I get my clients. They're through referrals. And you're like, wait, but I haven't had any clients yet. How do I get a referral if I've never had a client? Doing a giveaway <laughs> is a great way to you know, connect with someone that's not a friend or a family member. You're not going to get paid for that project. But if that client, you know, if that person is an ideal project for you, then that can be incredibly valuable. And then, you know, you may or may not be able to kind of start that referral train from them. Obviously, I don't recommend ever giving away your work for free to someone who doesn't value it. So this is something that you need to think about on your own. Do you have the time for it? Do you have the bandwidth? You know, what are you going to make people do to enter the giveaway? Is it an email sign up? Whatever. Like, is it a follow on Instagram? So this can be very valuable, but you just do need to be very smart about it. It's great for beginners. Yeah. Another one too is um, offering a free brand audit where you can offer your recommendations on someone's existing brand and what you would do to rebrand them. So it could be a great conversation starter and you would be able to build a like, trust, and you would be able to, to do the like, know, and trust. So people will get to know you, have like a trusting relationship with you, see that you're coming from a genuine place to help them uh, have a better business and um, get to know their goals and tell them like, here is what's not going well and why is this not helping your goal? And and then they will be very excited knowing that you understand their goals and what they're already doing wrong, that they're going to hire you to continue on. Exactly. So. And this is another thing that is very good if you are you know starting out, really just trying to build that list or build your portfolio. One thing that I would caution you to do if you are going to start offering free brand audits is that giving away, you know, like, hey, like I'll just I'll redesign your logo for free and then like trying to convince someone to pay you t- once they've already seen the logo. That is a little bit difficult because, you know, you've already done the work and then there is absolutely no guarantee that someone's going to book. So that's why I say um, when you do a brand audit, you know, to give your recommendations, say, hey, I think we could lighten this up, maybe try a thinner font, maybe try adding a little bit of blush or or some lime green or, or something like that. And so like those ideas can kind of paint a picture in someone's mind rather than you having to get out your, your artboard and your illustrator and, you know, spend a couple hours creating something for someone who hasn't paid you yet. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The key here is not to be the production artist, it's to be the consultant. And even then, like 
this is great for starting out, but then afterwards you can use, you can put a price tag on it. Like a band audit's going to be $500, for example, because it is a value that you're giving um, away. And like your consultancy is very important. Like you spent years and who knows how many dollars to, to gain the knowledge that you have now. And they're paying for that. So it's not just that one hour of of a call that you're having or however long it's going to take you. It's really about like all of the experience that goes behind that. Absolutely. So good. So good to remember that and remember that in pricing as well. So the next thing that we recommend is to do market research. You know, even if you know your girl or guy, you know, if you know your person and you're like, this is the exact type of person, I already know everything about them, still do market research. It's something I did in the very beginning, you know, phases of Jen Davis design. I was like, you know what? I want to work with this very specific beauty and lifestyle entrepreneur. And so I, I I reached out to these ideal clients. I was like, hey, you know, and I was super laid back about it. I was not pushy. What I said, I, I sent, I think I sent about 20 DMs on Instagram and I personalized each one to the person. It did take me longer, but that like made people more more likely to respond when they realized it wasn't just like a batch. And I said, hey, like I, I'm doing market research, you know, for my for my new business. I would love to work with a client like you in the future. Would you mind answering these three questions? What do you look for when you are hiring someone to provide a service for your business? What are the three values that are most important to you, you know, when you're hiring or, or or something like that? Or you can even ask demographic questions. Sometimes, you know, people don't want to answer them and that's okay, but you can ask for household income. You can ask for age. You can ask for family, you know, like, are you married or whatever? Like I, I asked a lot of those questions and I was really surprised by the number of people that really opened up and I made a little spreadsheet and I was able to find out if I was trying targeting the right people. I was looking for people with household incomes of a hundred grand plus, you know, cause I, I do work at a higher price point and I was surprised by the number of people that responded to me and they just kind of like wished me well. And one of the questions was, have you ever considered hiring a brand designer? That's a great question because if someone's like, you know what? I've never thought about that or, Oh, that's not something that I see myself investing in. Then you can know like, if you're getting that every single time, then you know that that type of person isn't going to be right for your business. But when it comes to booking clients, getting your name out there and making a connection with them is like, it's not the same as working with someone and getting a referral, but like the next time someone asks them, Hey, do you know any good brand designers? They could, they'll, they'll have you fresh in their mind because you just had a little conversation with them over direct message on Instagram. And I think that can be very, very valuable because, you know, you could get a referral that way. It's just, you know, when we say networking, that's such a buzzword. It turns people off, turns me off. I don't like that word. But like when you're, you frame it as market research and these people are just kind of giving you some free, free advice or, or answers or something, then like it becomes a little bit less scary to reach out to those ideal clients. Yeah. 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 It's all a ripple effect, right? So it, yes, starting off with like making those small connections and then you don't know how far this ripple is going to go because of the people that they're talking to. Like, hey, I, I was just reached, someone just reached out to me and they're a brand designer and you're just talking to me about needing a brand designer. I'll connect you to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you've never people even love that doing that. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great. So yeah. So Giselle actually shared a really great tip with me the other day and I'm going to let her talk to you guys about that, um, about optimizing your inquiries on, on your website. Oh yeah. So when we started recording this episode, I actually hadn't prepped for it at all. So I'm looking at this for the first time. Thank you so much, Jen, for putting in the work. You're welcome. Um, shout out to Jen. <laughs> One thing that really made the difference for me in my website, besides anything else that you could possibly do to change your website, you can do a whole rehaul or you can just do this one thing and you're going to see a difference, 
is to change your inquire or contact button, the you know the really hot button that you have on on the top right usually of your website, change it into a schedule a call button because in my experience and probably a lot of your experiences, you book the sale during the call. So why not reduce the amount of steps to get the client on the call? And then this allows you to talk about your services. Maybe a lot of the times like clients are not scouring your website for all the information before they call you. That's just my experience. So they'll ask me a bunch of questions that are like laid out plain and simple on my website and they're still not going to look at it. So I'll be repeating myself and saying these things. And also like I'm really gauging what their concerns and objections are going to be. And that way I can lay that, that down on the table and talk about it and really move it forward and also talk about pricing in that call as well. Because you don't, if you're going to get you any- you share of, the pricing yeah. on the call or on your website? Yeah, I don't share the pricing on my website. I share it on the call after I've gauged where the client is at, what their goals are, what their frustrations are. Sometimes if I don't have a good idea of the size of client that, that there is, I never ask for their budget because- Budget and like what they can actually pay for are two very different things. And a lot of just a lot of clients um, will give you a really low ball budget when they could actually pay for more. And so what I ask instead, if I need to like figure out like, hmm, maybe this person isn't going to be able to afford me or maybe what they're asking for, they don't understand like how expensive it's going to be. So I'll ask something about, you know, how many, what, how many sales do you get a month or What's your annual revenue in your business? And that gives me a really good idea of what they can afford and what they can't afford. And then I'll I'll tell them in the end, after after I share the value and and kind of do my whole sales pitch, that's when I tell them, like when you're like talking about a project like this, we're looking at the ballpark around like a range. I never actually give them the exact number. I just give them a range. And I always say the highest number first to anchor them to that number. That way the next number that they'll hear it's going to be a little more digestible for them. And that's when I'll hear, like, I'll ask, you know, for any objections, basically, and then we can address that on the spot. And then maybe at the end of the call, have like a good range in my head of what I can offer them. Because I always do uh, tiers for options, which I talked about in a different episode. I don't remember which one. But then sometimes on the sales call, we'll even get down to like the number of like, this is the number I'm going to send you an invoice on and they'll be happy with it. So that makes their sales process a lot faster. That's such, such good information. You know, like I always find myself exactly that booking the client once they talk to me on the call because you guys, you guys know I love to talk. I, you know, I'm on a podcast. So I just feel very confident when I'm talking to potential clients on the phone. I find that I'm able to really relate to people. It's one of my strong suits um, just in my personality. And so why not put that forefront rather than book now, which can be like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to book now. It's like schedule a chat. Like, let's just talk. No strings attached, you know? And like, even if you have a call and the person doesn't book, like I feel like more often than not, like investing that time up front into that inquiry is going to allow like the conversion rate to be a little bit higher. So, so good. Such oh, good yeah. info. For um, sure. So another thing that I have done um, in my business that has, I guess, inadvertently gotten me clients was that when I am investing in other people's services for my business, that is like such a strong bond. And I found that I'm getting a lot of referrals that way 
through investing in my business. Um, just for an example, one of the most recent branding and web launches that I did, um, the the client found me through my branding photographer's Instagram. So I hired an amazing brand photographer. If you're in the Austin area, Taylor Brinson is fabulous. Highly recommend her. But she uh, shared some of the photos that she took of me on her Instagram. And then the client found me that way. And then I got a booking from that. So it was almost like an indirect referral. And you know, I'm not what I'm That's not amazing. saying. Yeah, it was great. And like what I'm not saying is go out and spend thousands of dollars on yourself so that you can get clients because it's, it just <laughs> doesn't work that way, hon. You know, like it doesn't. I wish it did. But it, when we're talking about networking, and, we're, and you know, I, I talked about market research earlier, networking can also mean like if you're investing in your business, like invest in a relationship with the person that's providing that service to you because that person can be such an invaluable source of referrals, especially if there's someone that works with people who are in your ideal client, you know, pool or someone who kind of works in something similar to you. I want to say two things about this. One is that that is a very creative way to get clients. Yes. And then the second one is those photos are amazing. If you guys haven't seen them yet, (laughs) go check them out and stalk Jen on her Instagram because they are so beautiful. (laughs) Like honestly, like a couple months ago, I was like, you know what? I'm asking my potential clients to invest so much money in their businesses. I need to put my money where my my mouth is and really up-level myself. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I did that with photography and I did that with copywriting. And both my photographer and my... Thank you. Both my photographer and my copywriter have become... (laughs) I'm close to them now. Like we like, we chat on, on Insta about stuff that's not related to our business. Businesses. Like, I have referred my copywriter to so many people, and she has gotten a lot of work from me. So, I know that it works. And, like, people want to connect people with people that they know because they want to have the credit for finding like a really good person. So, you know, yeah. when we're talking about referrals. It's not just like you do work for a client, they're going to refer you. You have to make sure that they have the best experience of their life. Like, you have to, like, I don't want to say like sell your soul to make them happy because. Because that like, you know, then people will like just do whatever the client wants. But like, you have to like really think about their experience. You have to really treat them like a queen or a king. Like, you know, like, and that doesn't mean putting them on a pedestal because you're the, you're the creative and you're the, the business owner. But, you know, you need to make that experience really good for them because you can't just expect a referral from subpart work. And I'm just, of course, people know that, but I just, I just had to say that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. The referrals are just a really great compliment. Yes. Oh, the <laughs> best. You know that you made did really good work. The best compliment. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that like that reminds me. I wanted to talk about referral bonuses, and I actually I'll share mine, and then I wanted to ask you, Giselle, if that's something that you do. I offer a referral bonus of a hundred dollars off a package for new clients who were referred to me by a previous client, and for the previous client, I offer them a hundred dollars in cash via PayPal for the referral. So I guess when you think about it, I would be losing $200, like quote unquote losing, but that's another client that may not have heard about me or booked because, you know, unless they were referred by a previous client. And of course you can, it's like either losing a hundred or losing 2000 or something. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and when, when I'm working in the two, three, $4,000 range, like $200, like, yeah, heck yeah. You know, I will, Let's let's do that referral. And so when I tell people that, and I actually give that referral bonus as well to the people that I work with, my copywriter, my photographer. And you know, it's new. So, you know, I haven't like it hasn't actually like I haven't done it yet, but I know that it gets people excited to talk about me and share me, especially if they're working with other designers, you know? 
you're going to share the person that like, you know, if, if you like both of them, then if they're going to pay you a hundred dollars, then, you know, you hope that they would share you. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a 10%. I'm thinking about changing that to something else now that I'm at a higher price point, but I've been doing 10% commission of whatever they, the client purchased. And then I send it via PayPal or Venmo or as a gift card on Amazon. And I'll ask, I'll be like, Hey, do you want a gift card on Amazon? Do you want it somewhere, some other way? And of course, like thank them times a million. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Such a great way to say thank you too. I mean, who doesn't love cash? (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. And speaking of that, that's another way that I've gotten a creative way that I've gotten clients that I was not expecting is I went to a design specific workshop um, in LA one, like I think almost a year, sorry, a little over a year ago. And I, afterwards I spoke with the speakers and I let them know like, Hey, I really love your work. I have your book. I have blah, blah. And like, we started talking a little bit and I told them about what I did. And then just to mention it, I said, Oh, I also offer a 10% commission for any work that's referred to me. And they're designers too. And they were like, Oh, actually we turn people away all the time. So we'll think of you next time, send me an email and like, we'll put you on our referral list. And I was so stoked and little, you know, a little bit of time passed and they are, they had already sent two clients over to me. I happily gave them their commission and they're like the best clients that I've, two of the best clients that I've ever had. That's amazing. Now, you know, like, when recently, another designer sends yeah. you a client, they're not going to send you a red flag client because we don't do that to, to our kind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, always when you go on quote unquote networking events, <laughs> always uh, maximize the opportunity of whoever you met. Because if you think they're just another designer and you think, oh, they're just competition, then you're in the wrong mindset. You have to think about like, there's plenty of fish in the sea. In fact, there's so many fish that they're going to give you fish. Yes. If you can't catch any. So think (laughs) of it more of that way and just be open about what you're looking for because people don't know what you want if you don't tell them. Exactly. You know, if you are, if you hate designing websites, but you're calling yourself a brand and web designer, (laughs) then like you're going to get website inquiries, you know, like, or like the opposite way. If you really don't like doing branding or like, like me, I don't really take on collateral work that's outside of a brand package. And I'm very upfront about that. Um, when I, when I talk with potential referrers or on my website, so very good. Did you want to talk a little bit about how best to sell retainers to current clients or to clients? I think you mentioned that you don't sell retainers to people who have not worked with you before. So I'd love to just kind of get your overview on that because people are really looking for that consistency of income that they miss from their previous job. Yeah. I started offering retainer work in my business a little over a year and a half ago. So it's not even like that long ago. And it was something that baffled me at first. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. <laughs> but long story short, what I figured works for me is I offer a flat rate for a number of hours. And if they don't fulfill those hours in that month, then that just goes away and the, the month starts over the next month. And I found the sweet spot to be a three-month minimum uh, contract. So I'm not ta- when I talk about retainers, I'm not talking about I just sold a twelve thousand dollar website and now I'm gonna they're gonna divide it to thirty three thousand a month payments. That's not a retainer. That's that's a website. So I'm talking about something that you're helping another organization or company fulfill their marketing needs specifically, especially if they have a marketing department, they're gonna need help with the graphic designer. And these are smaller projects where, like Jen said, I only offer retainer packages to clients I worked with in the past because then. 
there's that sussing out that relationship with the client before I lock myself in on a three month contract and I'm like, oh man, I really hate this client. Like, <laughs> I can't wait for this contract to be over. And uh, that's a really great way to do that. And then on top of that, you have a really good idea of the brand already. So you whip things up way faster because you have all the assets that you need. You're not constantly emailing the client about, oh, do you have the brand files? And do you have this? And do you have that? And do you have all this other stuff? And is it an um, Illustrator file or is it a Photoshop file? Because, oh, right, oh, yeah. so many horror stories of like and, sending a low-res JPEG. They're like, hey, here's my logo. And you're like, no, <laughs> no, no, girl. Mm-mm. One time one time, a client sent me their logo in a Microsoft Word document. It was a JPEG in a Word doc. <laughs> that's True like, story. I want to say like, that's adorable and like, bless her heart. But like, oh gosh, yeah. that's like my nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had to recreate it on Illustrator. Yeah, I've had to that do that way back many, then, yeah. many times. I'm like, hey, do you, do you have to have a vector <laughs> version of this? And then it's like, what's a vector? And you're like, okay, we're going to jump in Illustrator and recreate this logo. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. So another thing too about retainers is that it's a really great way to build a working relationship with the client that they're going to go way past the three-month period because they see how effective it is and how it's making an impact in their business because you are providing a system for them and they don't have to worry about it. Like one of my clients in specific, they had all of these patterns in their brand, but they only had JPEGs of it. And we wanted to use the patterns all sorts of places, but it made it really hard to use them. So I just told them like, hey, I'm going to redesign these so that they're usable in all sorts of sizes and styles and whatever. Like we can change the colors and this and that and make it a lot more versatile and just really maximize this asset that you already have. And that was part of a retainer. Like I just spent like five hours one month, you know, doing all of that and recreating them. And recently we had to create new patterns for them. And it was super easy for me because I had already invested that or they and I had invested that time earlier in our retainer where now it's like we whipped it out in like no more than two hours. That's awesome. That's an entirely new pattern. Yeah. So when um, when you are finishing up like a brand or a website for a client and you would love to book them for a retainer, how do you best kind of introduce that? Like at what point do you introduce the potential to have a retainer relationship? And then what do you find are their objections and how do you kind of address those? Yeah, those are good questions. So what I usually do is before the project is over and we like go over, you know, the proof that I gave them or this and that, I'll add in some application examples on our presentation for the brand identity design. And I'll tell them, these are just examples of how we can treat your new brand identity um, in the wild. And then I can like send them an email and tell them, hey, if you really liked our working relationship, I really loved working with you. Super excited about your new brand. And I would absolutely love if we continued working together. And if there's anything that I can support with, here are some ideas that I thought of and be specific. Like say, I know you do, you know, Pinterest marketing, so we can whip up Pinterest graphics for you guys, or we can do, you know, those patterns basically, like talking about that and saying, if you want to try a retainer, we can try it and have a three month, three month contract and like do that. And here are, again, I always offer three options. Here are three options for a retainer package. And one of them is going to be the budget. The middle one's going to be the ideal. You guys all know this. Mm-hmm. And then the higher one's going to be like the, you want to go hard on this, yes. <laughs> like full force. And of course, like don't completely oversell yourself. Make it still uh, reasonable for you. <laughs> don't right. like try to get as much money as possible <laughs> when yes. you can't actually fulfill. So always uh, phrasing it in a way that is going to really benefit the client. And mm-hmm. they you can 
you can like paint a picture of the relationship if they were to have signed on to this retainer. So, so good. So that's good. Kinda, yeah. Is there anything else that no. in that question that I didn't answer? No, 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 no. That was that was perfect. Okay. You know, I just I know that we've kind of maybe uh, glanced on 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 retainer income before, but you just have you seem to have figured it out pretty well. So I always, you know, (laughs) I feel like we're going to refer people to this episode a lot. So I wanted to make sure that was in there. I think the last thing that we wanted to share with you guys, and it kind of goes along with when I was talking about investing in other people's services, if you don't want to, or you don't need to invest, like say I already have great brand photos that I love, but I found another, you know, brand photographer in Austin that I really admire her work. I would just reach out and say, Hey, like, I just want to let you know that I'm a huge fan of your work. Um, my clients need brand photographers all the time. I'm looking to build my referral network and I would love to send people your way. Always give them value. Start out with giving another person value. And then you can also say like, if you ever work with a new business that is you know, in such and such industry or is at such and such price point and you think that they would need branding or they mentioned that to you, I would love to you know, have kind of a referral relationship with you. And like... You don't need to say all that at first. You can just say, hey, like we live in the same city. We worked in parallel industries, copywriting, photography, social media strategy, all those things that are like kind of parallel to the branding world. Set up like a virtual coffee chat, you know, like just whatever. Like if, if someone doesn't have time, then they just don't have time. And like, that's the worst that can happen. You know, the best that can happen is that you meet someone and then you make a genuine friend with them. And there is nothing better than sharing referrals with friends, guys, like nothing better. Yeah, yeah. it's so awesome seeing people people just level up in their business because you help them out. Yes. It's such a fulfilling feeling. It is such a great Which feeling. is why our community is so fulfilling for I us. I know. Yes. <laughs> just yeah. helping everybody out. The coffee chats are an awesome way that I've gotten clients because I, you know, a lot of the times I don't have the opportunity to go out and network. And a lot of you guys say that you're introverts. Like you don't really like putting yourselves out there like that. Maybe you don't like doing like the direct messaging thing. But what you can do is just Think of this as like planting seeds and little clients will pop up Yes, yes. <laughs> later down the line. I know. It really is an investment You know how much game. we love metaphors. I know. Similar yeah, metaphors. So, <laughs> yeah. So a really great way that I did that was just asking people on uh, for video chats, like little coffee chats and saying, hey, on Facebook groups or Instagram or wherever that are in other industries that are sort of related to mine. For example, a web designer, I asked her if she wanted to do a virtual coffee chat and she said, sounds great. Like we didn't have any projects lined up for us to help each other on or anything. We just wanted to get to know each other's businesses more. And at first, like maybe it'll seem a feel a little awkward to you, but just remember that you're here talking to a real person on the other side of the screen and you, you're just curious about their services and you just tell them, hey, I just want to know a little more about you and your services. I really liked your website and like, like something else. And, and then you don't even like have to offer like, let me tell you about my services and let me tell about you. You just want to ask them and then they're going to generally want to ask you as well. Mm -hmm. And that's how um, I formed that relationship with the web designer. And then later down the line, she became one of my clients so that she could, I could help her clients. Like that's that's happened a few times, kind of like white labeling in a way um, is a really great way to start. Yes. If someone has the same style as you, you know, like if you see yeah. social media strategists and you're like, I want to see my work in your template. Like, I know that sounds like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like oh, a pickup line. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, actually though, like, <laughs> I, I mean, you, I cannot tell you guys the number of times I want to see my work in your template. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. Um, like let's just slide into the DMs. Let's make a bumper sticker. <laughs> let's do it. But, like, I cannot tell yes. you guys the number of times that I've reached out to people um, on Instagram just to say, hey, I just want to let you know, I love your style. 
I feel like our styles are really similar. Emoji with a heart or something, you know, like it doesn't need to be long and intense. And so like, think about how you would feel if someone reached out to you and said that. Just a compliment. Like it's, it just, it means so much. Like I, I will tell, I'll follow someone and then I'll message them and be like, hey, just want to let you know that I followed you and I really admire your work and I can't wait to see what you do next. And like, if you're genuine about it, like that can go so far, so far. And you don't even need to say anything about a referral in, in a message like that. So yeah. Yes, I love that so much. And let me tell you from the other end of this too, when I have been looking for somebody like to hire and I didn't plant the seed earlier in terms of the other way around. So like somebody that I can refer to as a you know copywriter or photographer or whatever have you. Like I freak out like, oh no, I don't have anybody and I haven't worked with them or I haven't talked to them and like I need to hire like this week. And then you're all scattered brain and you don't really pick the best person because maybe they were on vacation that week. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, like they just weren't checking their Facebook during the week or they were on a detox or whatever, you know, just giving <laughs> yourself detox. that time to create, yeah, like I a social it. detox. Oh, a social. <laughs> I just, for some reason, was yeah. thinking about a juice cleanse. I don't, that's what I, <laughs> I know. Guys, <laughs> soon enough, late. when we talk about detox, we're going to, everyone's going to know that it's about social media. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know why my brain just went to juice, juices. Juicing. I don't know. Well, that is what it should go to. (laughs) I know, right? Oh my gosh. Thank you guys for coming along with us on this episode. I hope that there was one or two things that you could pull out from this long, exhaustive list that we came up with. And, you know, just like all of our other episodes, these are conversations. We want to hear what you think in the Facebook group and, you know, take what resonates and leave the rest. Seriously, like if none of this stuff, if you tried it all and it doesn't work, then like, you know, do your own thing, girl. Like you have to trust your own instincts when it comes to getting your clients. And we want to hear your success stories, especially hear your success stories. So let's wrap up this episode with our inbox question. Maya Normandy asks, what project or client has forced you to grow the most? I.e. challenging because it wasn't your style or in your skill set, but you grew greatly from it. So I guess I will answer to give Giselle a little bit of time to think about that because I tend to put her on the spot all the time. I'm like, Giselle, (laughs) you're up. Um, But I I haven't thought about this. (laughs) I know. A project that I did this year was for a client that was not really in my ideal industry, but I took the project on A, because I had time and B, because I had such a great conversation with the the client beforehand that I knew that they were going to be great to work with. So even though there like was technically a red flag and that like, okay, maybe this style wouldn't be a great match. There were other things that were more important to me, like values and connection and just kind of excitement to try something new that I I jumped in and they were so willing to pay my full rate. It was amazing. It was for a travel company based out of Alaska. And I love this one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The the China Outdoor Collective, I actually helped them with naming as well as branding. And this one was very different than other, you know, brands that I had done before. It was there was a lot of color, a very, very colorful logo, almost like a color blocking, outdoorsy, like kind of Giselle style. <laughs> Not the Giselle like, yeah. the color, but like I was like, oh my gosh, like this would totally be like Yeah, I have yeah. been using a lot of the color lately. Yeah. <laughs> But like that one was, it definitely pushed me in terms of like not only color usage because like I like, you know, blush pink, you know, as much as the next uh, like girly beauty designer.
designer, but this was like deep reds. And they had like, they sent me all this beautiful photography of their, their location and like the sunset and the spruce trees and the river. It was just all, it really inspired me to be able to like kind of jump into a color palette that I wasn't as comfortable with. So that definitely pushed me as a designer. And it showed me that, you know, I don't always need to just work within my industry, even though I have a niche. It doesn't mean that like I have to turn away people that like I actually would love to work with um, and who are, you know, willing to work with me. So yeah. Tell us about your project or client. Uh, all right. <laughs> so I, I find that I am constantly challenged by my clients and in a really good way. I can't think of the last time that I just like took on something and was just like, oh, this is cruiser. <laughs> That's good though. Um, so it's like, it, yeah, I keep get, getting challenged by it. One of the most recent examples is uh, this huge web design project that we just finished. It was basically one website with like four other mini sites that connect with it. And it had all sorts of custom features and we had to get like the content strategy organized. We had to get like the architecture done, everything. I just... I had to hire like developers and go through my round of developers because again, like I didn't have the right one lined up at the time and I needed like a lot of hands on deck for this one. And that was challenging enough. And so was the project. And um, another one recently was like a super quick turnaround project for a brand design that wasn't like a little further out of my, like the industry that I usually work for. So that was a bit of a challenge. And now coming up, it's going to be trying to do some annual reports in the month. <laughs> it's going to be like five of them in one month. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. Yes, <laughs> and I'm not doing it by myself. Up. I have a team. But yeah, like I'm up for the challenge. I'm really excited about it. So I really love getting pushed. <laughs> yes, our, our clients can challenge us in so many ways. Time, style, color, you know, like scope. There's a, it can be a big challenge. So don't shy away from those things, you know, like there's a difference between red they, they flags and then clients that are going to push you and help you grow as a designer. You know, like I talked about dealing with rejection. I, I got rejected by a potential client because I didn't do websites, <laughs> you know, like a year ago. And, you know, I've, I've been really focusing on, on Squarespace and my CSS skills and web and, you know, that accounts and for guys, she's a doing very, a killer job. <laughs> You just like gassed me up. I'm, I love it. I'm like, let's, let's record today, Giselle. I need some. I need some. Um, some compliments. No, no. I'll send I you it. short recordings throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be my like like compliment coach. I love it. But yeah, you yeah. know, I would say like probably a big majority of my income now is coming from from my my Squarespace services, and you know that is and it was really scary at first because you know Squarespace felt like I wanted to you know bang my head against the wall and explode. But when the CSS wasn't working, you, you web web designers know what I'm talking about, but. You know, I have really leveled up my game and I'm continuing to level up like with every project that I do. So definitely working in web, working with CSS um, has really challenged me, but like in a great way where at the end of the day, I can look back and be like, I made that horizontal scrolling gallery work and I didn't do it by myself oh, and yeah. I asked a lot of people how to do it, but now it looks boss. So, you know. Yes. Ooh, little little uh, thing, now that we're on the CSS topic and then we can sign off. But <laughs> I learned this from Amber Hukari, who just got married. Congrats, Amber. Yeah, and congrats. she was uh, our first guest on Better. So if you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it. It's about marketing and Instagram. Anyway, she taught me to use Trello cards for like shortcuts for CSS of things that she uses a lot in her web design projects. So 
I started doing that and I put in things like, oh, how do you center align things on a box? And like, I have that as a little code on CSS and I just copy paste it all the time. And like little things like that. That is is so smart. I do that with the text edit files in a little folder in my Mac. I'm creating a little library of CSS, but I like using Trello. I'm in Trello anyways. I should try that out. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Okay, cool. Well then, it was another great episode. Thanks, Jen, for joining. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out. We're going a little delirious now. So let's both go go eat. (laughs) I know. Exactly. Oh my gosh. All right. We love you guys. So excited to see what you think in the Facebook group and we will see you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co., See you guys again next week.